pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. From Mindfulness for Dogs, I have dog behaviourist on the line with me, Darren Rowe. Morning to you, Darren. Good morning, uh, Mel. How are you today? Very well. Now, usually when I see you, I've seen you on the telly before. You've come in to talk to me when I was doing my telly show, and you bring your dogs in, and uh, yeah. I really, and we love that, but not in the studio this morning. So what? No. He's, he's a bit bigger as well, uh, Star, at the moment. He's nearly one. In fact, he's one almost, I think it's today or tomorrow. Because <laughs> so. how, how old was he when you last brought him into the telly show? He was. I think he was. Oh, he was about 12 weeks old, I think. He was just he was very young, yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous pup. Now, if you do have a question for Darren, by the way, uh, 0800 844 747, if your dog's doing something a bit peculiar and you need some advice, now is your chance to get those questions answered. Or you can text him in as well, 3920. Always better, though, to get your point across by calling on 0800 844 747. Hey, now, Darren, a uh, lot of people taking their dogs for walks because, well, particularly in Auckland, we go in and out of lock lockdowns and the dogs get exhausted from walking so much actually but it's what are the protocols actually for taking your dog for a walk yeah so so first of all I guess you've got to do some training first of all because I mean I see a lot of dogs that have just been or dragging their owners down the road and and I think people just I don't know, I'd like to think that it's a bit laziness because you don't want to train, but actually people just start to accept the behaviours because they just don't know what to do about it. So, and, and there's this need, isn't it, just to get your dog out. Your dog has to get out and do exercise. So so we just take it out and we just accept that we're dragged down the road. But it doesn't have to be like that. We can do some training on that and get the dog to walk um, with you. But the most important thing is the dog actually wants to walk with you. All right? So you've got to build that bond with your dog. But um, I think probably the, the most important thing that I see um, quite a lot is when we pass other dogs and and particularly if it's in a, a smaller area like a boardwalk or something like that that's that's really quite worrying especially if you've got a dog that's a little bit scared or you've got a reactive dog and you think oh my god it's this great big burly um chihuahua coming towards you and uh, <laughs> you know you get scared yeah so so um what i try and recommend with clients if you've got a dog like that and you know it's a little bit reactive um give some respect so about sort of 20 meters away when you see that just stop Okay, sit down, get your dog to sit down because at that distance they don't tend to react. And actually just hold your dog's collar, the harness, make sure it's nice and secure and go down to the dog's level with you. So sit down with the dog. That, that has a couple of different um, things because the owners of the other dog then clearly see that you are um, worried about how your dog's going to react, but you're controlling them. And that way that person starts to um, calm down as well because they might have a dog that's the same. <laughs> you just don't know, do you? Yeah, you and that way when and have a... Yeah, and then have a chat with the person as they're going past, and 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 if you you know if you really are a pro, if it really is a problem, throw up that it's a rescue dog because then even if it's not, I know it sounds terrible, but people tend to relax and have a bit of empathy for rescue dogs, so they may not get so scared of your dog. Because remember, if that person's quite worried as well about your dog, then that's gonna that your dog's gonna pick that up as well, and then they might kick off. So yeah, so always just sit down, control your dog. Control is the most important thing. The the dog control people are always saying, have control of your dog. That's Mm. the real most important thing. Show that you've got control. Definitely. Another thing I find my dog, she's a she's a very terrifying poodle lotion lotion cross. So she's she looks like a little fluffy, hairy sort of yeah. just a little. She looks like a little bitzer, but she's not, she's not. She well, she's bitzers of two, but she is turning ten this year and definitely getting cranky on the walks and getting crankier with other dogs. But I never know which dog she's going to take offence at. I mean, what can I do about that? 
Um, it probably goes down to that socialisation um, now when she was much younger, how many dogs she saw, and she probably saw certain types of dogs and was very happy with that. And anything outside of that area, um, she's a little bit unsure about. So you probably find it's particular dogs. It might be particular ages. It might be particular sex. Um, it, it just depends on what they've been socialised and what they were comfortable with when they were young. Um, the best way to get around that, if she... Um, she'll be giving you all sorts of signs and there'll be little subtle ones um, that you may not pick up on. Just even pulling towards a dog, that tells you that she's either a little bit worried about it or she's very friendly. Um, if if she, does she bark a lot? Uh, not generally. Uh, when she, well, You okay. mean when she sees one of the other dogs? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, she does a little bit, sort of like a... You know, has a, has a little... Not a, not yeah. a major one. Generally speaking, if it's a really low-pitched sort of grumble, then they're probably not very happy. But if it's a high-pitched one and that tail's wagging and their body's going all flippy-floppy, as I call it, then they're probably quite friendly and just want to play. Um, the problem is a lot of dogs, they want to play, but when they get there, they can't deal with it and then they, they do silly things <laughs> They get in the way. So the best thing is, again, just step to the side and just give them lots of treats when they see a dog. Um, Dogs have negative associations with lots of things, again, down to that socialisation. So when they, um, when they see another dog, if they're scared of it, if you just give them a few treats, then they start to build a positive association. And over time, then they'll start to generalise that to all dogs and then they'll get through it. But it can take a little bit of time, especially if you're 10 years old. There's a lot of um, habits to... Uh, yeah, well, well, she's, well, she seems to be getting crankier. She's, um, she's always mixed with loads of different dogs. And I can't, fig- I can't pinpoint, maybe it is male or females, but she seems to be, sometimes it'll be that chihuahua, sometimes it'll be that Great Dane. She just, you know, she, yeah. she she's she's not selective with it, but um, she's definitely getting. Uh, I thought. Well, then I also thought. Well, I'm probably getting grumpier as I get older as well. So maybe maybe it's just well, the way things we- go. We have a massive effect on our dogs. Um, talked about that before. Um, the way that we uh, interact with the other dog and the way that we think about what what could potentially happen, the threat of, a, of an attack or something like that, can have a massive effect. Also, around that age, you, want, you always want to think about um, the dog might be in pain with arthritis and things like that, and that might change the way that they look at dogs, um, yeah. especially because the dogs always come around the back. So that's always something to think about, mm. definitely. How good is a dog's eyesight? Because she seems to have issues with people when they're wearing high-vis vests. Yeah, so, so dogs' eyesight, um, they're very good, but it's not quite as good as us. They don't see in the same sort of colour range, but they do see um, sort of simple colours um, without going into too much detail. But the high-vis jacket thing, again, that's all down to that socialisation. So so when we do our puppy preschools um, here, we, we will walk around with high-vis jackets on, we'll walk around with um, motorbike helmets, all those kind of things that the dogs get scared of so that they see them when they're young. Because if they if they can deal with them when they're young and they get a positive experience, so we're, we're giving them treats and praise while we're, while we're walking around then they just don't get freaked by them anything i think the the fluorescent stuff must be seen differently by a dog i'd have to check that out but mm. certainly um it wouldn't be the only dog that freaks out when they see the high-vis jackets and of course there's a lot of that isn't there you got the you got the builders you've got the workmen you've got the um even the trolley even people pushing trolleys around now they have high-vis jackets on so yeah big problem see that a lot <laughs> well that's good to know uh darren rowe is who i'm talking to right now dog behaviorist mindfulness for dogs so if you do have a question about your dog you can text it in uh, and their behaviour, 3920. But even better, if you call 
Ireland and then you can talk to Darren directly and find out exactly how you can deal with your dog and get that advice and you might as well get it in. Darren's with me for another 15 minutes or so so lots of time to get your calls in 0800 844 747. Now Darren I've got a text in. This is from Bernadette. She says, my border collie is fixated with our cat. She'll come inside and just stalk her and watch her for hours on end. The cat doesn't really mind the dog and will come up and smooch her. It's just weird. Not really a problem. It's just odd. Yeah, we have the same problem. We've got border collies and we've got um, cats and and they do the same kind of thing. It's actually that um, whole uh, sort of working predator-prey drive. Um, So what they do is they're watching them. It's probably a bit of an eye dog. So the border collie is probably trying to to herd the cat. And of course, cats don't don't do dog stuff. So they don't listen in the same way. Um, So that's why that that kind of stalking is just trying to move them as if they were sheep. Um, As long as they don't go into the next sequence, which is like the chase and the the, the bite if they don't move then they're okay but it sounds like the cat's got it under control there our one certainly comes in and, and monopolizes the dogs it's quite funny to watch actually when, the, when you get five border collies and the cat herding the, the border collies <laughs> it's it's always the cats that have the dogs under control in mo- most households i've noticed <laughs> It is. It is if they live nicely as a family. Obviously, um, um, one thing to be aware now: if your cat, if your dog's very good with cats in in your house with your cat, don't assume, don't make any assumptions that that dog is going to be your dog's going to be okay with cats outside, because they they don't necessarily see cats outside of the property the same as the the ones in the family. Um, many mistakes made like that. <laughs> Okay, well that's good to know. Well, my dog may be cranky, but she's really good with cats. In fact, they all t- they all oh, chase cool. her. She's been she's terrified by the neighbourhood cats. Oh eight hundred eight four four seven four seven is the number if you've got a question for Darren about your animal or your dog. Three nine two zero is a text. Another text in from Kevin. Darren, it says we have a five month old puppy. Every time he gets excited, he pees. Is there anything we can do? Yeah. So, oh, um, Kevin, this is a, an interesting one. Um, Quite often when they get very, very excited, um, and, and we think of it as excitement, but there could be possible other things. If we're, if we're approaching the dog and we're quite tall, if that, we don't go down to the dog's level, sometimes that can be quite scary for puppies. And sometimes that urination is actually a fear thing um, rather than what we think as being an excitement thing. So I would, I would encourage you to, to be on the floor when you're playing with your puppy, and I wouldn't do any roughhousing around the face because that can sometimes be quite scary. Obviously, there's a little bit of that excitement if they come home from, if you come home from work. Sometimes they sort of just lose it completely because they're wiggling a bum so much um but if, it, if it's not when you come in from work and it's just generally when you see them then it could be due to fear and that might be just because you're really tall and he's really small so that's definitely something to do um but get him out there and do that socialization um as much as you can because that will start to get his confidence up do you see a lot of problems with dogs that aren't socialized a lot when they're young yeah yeah i mean i would say that um, I'd go as far as nearly 100% of the behavioural issues that I get are as a result of um, socialisation or lack of socialisation when they're small, um, with the exception of dogs that have been socialised and then maybe had a traumatic attack or something like that. That can change things. But pretty much every every behaviour I've seen is as a result of not ex- not being positively exposed when they're younger. Um, and it's really simple to do. You don't have to go to puppy preschool even. You just need to um, just get your dog out. And, and it's not just dogs, it's it's people. Just go and stand outside the supermarket with your dog in your lap and just get them to see lots of things and give them loads of treats. Yeah, they can see hundreds of different people and different types of people, cars, so much, just, just by sitting outside the supermarket for 20 minutes. Right, so you don't actually have to engage with the people or with the other animals. No, you just have not to necessarily. Let them see them. 
Yeah, because it's just it's just about exposure and seeing new things. I mean, obviously, some people you want you want to get um, some people to see the dog as well, because that's a different experience again. But it's just seeing all those different hats, all those different glasses, beards, um, you know, high vis jackets, all those kind of things. But having a positive slant to them, so you're giving them treats, you're making it positive, you know. Um, and if you sit far enough away, then they don't get scared, and then you can, when they get a bit older, get a bit closer. But you really got um, with the puppies, you've got a a very small window of eight to 16 weeks. After that, that's called the socialization uh, period. It sometimes extends to 18 if it's a slightly bigger dogs, but, but that's your time to do that. After that, it's hard work. The brain's in a different um, development phase and it, we don't necessarily accept new things then. And that's when we don't have vaccinations, isn't it? So you've still got to get your dog out there, even though they're not vaccinated, but just carry them, don't put them down on the floor if you need to. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? A lot of people worry about that. Uh, if you've got a question for Darren about your dog and their behaviour, you can get it in right now. You get about another ten minutes. Oh eight hundred eight double four seven four seven is the number. Three nine two zero is the text. Now, Darren, I, I, is it safe to say that we saw we've seen an increase of people owning dogs over this past year? It seems like a lot of people went out and bought puppies during lockdown because they went, oh, we're at home. This is going to be great. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, definitely. That's a, I think that's a worldwide trend, um, if you look at the sort of statistics out there. And um, we certainly saw a massive increase of puppies. We, we normally do um, a couple of puppy preschools um, every six weeks, and we ended up running four or five just after lockdown because so many people bought puppies. And that. And we thought that, that would slow down, but it just hadn't stopped. It's just continued all through the year. So there's a, definitely there's a, a lot more puppies out there at the moment. Um, is it a good thing? Um I guess it is because more dogs are getting homes. It would be um, would have been good if there were a lot more rescue dogs that were giving homes, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, as long as people have gone away and really thought about it, they've chosen the breed um, for their lifestyle. They've looked at the breed and they haven't just gone for the looks. Um, and that they've done their research about what the dog needs once they get to that, like a year old, nine months to a year old, because that's when it all goes a bit pear shaped often, because they go, they get that puberty and that testosterone boost, estrogen <laughs> boost, and that can make behaviour a little bit funny. So as long as they've done their homework and they're prepared to to, to do the hard work and and keep the dog, not just get rid of it when it gets too hard, then then we should be okay. Otherwise, we're probably going to find that the rescue homes are going to be completely inundated in about a year's time as well. Mm. It, it was also a bit good. of a concern when when people get the puppies, but then they're going to have to go back to work or if they start working out of, yeah. out of home again. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I think a lot of that's changing. I mean, a lot more people are working from home, which is good, but that that gives its own issues of separation anxiety. But yeah, a lot of people, they, they spent a lot of time with their dogs and then suddenly they're just up and left. And then the dogs, of course, get stressed out. So we've had an increase in... Um, sort of barking and all that kind of stuff, separation anxiety. So um, but one word on the separation anxiety, it doesn't go away just because you leave the dog and they don't just get over it, okay? So um, you do need to get some help um, to, to to get the dog um, sorted like that because um, what's happening is your dog's living all day really stressed out and really anxious, chewing up your furniture. It's not a nice way to live. So, you, you know, you kind of owe it to your dog when you've taken a dog on, it's not just your vet bills, it's actually your the stress levels of a dog during the day that you need to actually help as well. Right, they're not just so gonna, get a trainer in if you've got that. Not just going to yeah. get over it themselves. Darren Rowe is my guest. Dog behaviourist 0800 844 747 is the number. If you have a question for Darren, 3920 is the text. We do have some texts coming in. More likely to make sure that your question is answered if you call, by the way, because then yeah. you're on talking to Darren. Uh, there is a text though. This is This is an interesting one. It's from Richard. Okay. <laughs> How can we stop a nine-month-old Bernese mountain dog eating and swallowing children's knickers? 
Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Take um, it away, Darren. Nine-month-old. Yeah, nine-month-old Burmese. He's going to be massive, isn't he? I don't know if you know what Burmese are, but they're, they're very big dogs. Um, eating children's knickers. Um, it's a bit of a fetish, though, isn't it? Um, <laughs> probably the easiest option, and, and this, this is probably the best one, is to teach your children to put them away. <laughs> okay, good, good luck with that one. So with puppies, yeah, with puppies, there's a little bit about children management as well as um, dog management. The reason why they're, I don't know why he's eating it so much, but the reason why they want them is because they, they, it's the smell. So um, it reminds them of the, the people that they love. We'll, we'll say that. Um, and, and he's probably done it once and it was rewarded. What I would do is I would, I mean, if you're there when you see it, because obviously if they do eat them and then it goes down into the into the stomach, that can be quite an expensive operation to get them out. Um, what I would do is I would, try and play with some toys and really value up a particular toy and then try and redirect when he grabs the, the, the children's uh, clothes, redirect into that toy so that becomes more valuable than the, than the pair of knickers, I guess. Um, but it's a hard one, isn't it? Because um, you've got to catch them. So mm. definitely teaching your kids to put things away. Um, and, and baby gates baby gates are great because normally you'll find that those those things will be in the bedrooms. And if the dog's got access to the bedrooms, then he's going to go go hunting. <laughs> yeah, not if they're my kids. They seem to just drop their undies in any, anywhere they feel like getting changed oh, in the they? entire house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, when when you've uh, when your dog eats one, and then you've got a six grand vet bill, you'll you'll find that changes the way you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So train your kids, and then Definitely. your dog. Uh, another question's come yeah. in. Uh, my neighbour's dog barks at everyone walking past their property, well outside the property's fence. It barks continually, and the owners don't seem to care. Even when they're at home, they do nothing to stop the dog. It's from Chris. Right, Chris. So. If it's consistent and continuous, then that's definitely something you probably want to speak to your um, local dog control officers because um, they can go in and ask uh, that person to do some training. But if you understand there's one way um, that you can help the dog, right, is you can actually go out to the property and just stand there. Because if you think about the motivations for why the dog's barking, it's, it's probably quite scared and it's it's trying to scare you away. And, of course, if you think about it, every time someone walks past um, the house, the dog barks and then they carry on walking. So the dog, that strategy of barking to scare people away works. So the dog's getting constantly rewarded for barking by itself just because people leave. So if you just stand there and don't don't go, then it doesn't work. And you can slowly start to train that dog. The other thing is people, the, the owners will get annoyed in the end because you're still there after 20 minutes and they'll go and deal with the dog themselves and they start to take responsibility. And that's when you can have that conversation and say, do you, you realise that that dog does that all the time? And maybe they're, just, maybe they're deaf, maybe they just haven't heard it. <laughs> you just right. never know. But if in doubt, if in doubt, phone dog control. Um, but remember, as soon as you do that, then you can end up with all sorts of problems with neighbours and that sort of stuff. So get, try, and, try and have a chat with them first. Okay, good. that's always the best option. Good advice. Another text, and we have a Sharpe yeah. Cross Rescue. She's been attacked by the little dogs a number of times, drawing blood, etc. And she is now wow. reactive if dogs come up to her. What should we do? Uh, she never approaches dogs herself. We take her out twice a day, so she is seeing lots of dogs and people. Yeah. So first of all, um, get yourself a good canine behaviourist to help you with this one, because once you've get a, once you've got a dog that's been attacked, then the trauma that that dog's holding is quite intense, and, and that can be quite difficult to get through. Um, one thing I'll say, it will, it will, again, it will never get better unless you get the right help. And just going on the internet and finding something that's worked for someone else's dog is not necessarily going to work for your dog. So be a bit careful with that one. There's a whole lot of stuff on there. Um, what you really need to be doing is, is making that dog's life quite safe. Um, and, and think about where you're walking, because if, it, if every time walk, walking is meant to be 
um, fun for a dog. It's meant to be stress relieving. But if every time your dog goes out, it gets completely stressed out because every time it sees another dog, it thinks it's going to be attacked. Is that really doing any good for a dog? So have a little think about that. I, I, I recommend when, we do, when I do training with dogs that have been attacked, we, we don't go for walks while we're doing the training because we don't want to add to the stress level. So okay, have go. a little think about where you're walking. Don't, I wouldn't be taking them to like really busy parks at the moment. Good. I now, let them get through that trauma first. Now yeah. we've got a couple of calls coming help. in so and get help from oh, a dog oh. from a dog behaviourist. Conveniently, I know one of those. Um, oh. <laughs> a couple of calls coming in right now. So let's take Shirley right now. Shirley, morning to you. Good morning. Um, I've got a seven-month-old Border Collie, and it is insisting on chewing up the covers that I put on her bed at night. She's in a crate. (laughs) We we don't... uh, (laughs) The reason I'm laughing is because we've got um, a year-old Border Collies now, so we've been through this as well. Um, We very rarely give our Border Collies anything to sleep on because it's just chewing it and, and that's we've we've had more seven seven border collies now, and they just chew and eat everything until they get a bit older. Um, so we we basically <laughs> sounds awful, isn't it? But our border collie was sleeping on newspaper at one stage because everything we put in there they just destroyed. Um, it's a border collie thing. Our border collies now just sleep on the crates at the bottom of the crates, and we're very happy with that. Um, so so I would oh, take right. that away from them if they're going to eat it. I would take it away because again, because it's because you're unsupervised or they're unsupervised. If that goes down in the stomach and gets stuck in your intestine, we've been talking, you know, really expensive operations, and you don't really want to encourage that, especially at seven months old, because they'll they'll do that all the time. Then um, and it might just be a little bit boredom as well, and a little bit of um, I'm locked in my cage and I don't want to be, so I'm playing up. So I would just take that away. What you can do then also is give them some alternative to choose. So give them those Kongs and feed them, uh, fill them up with their, with treats and, and there's some um, nut butter, peanut butter for dogs. I saw in New World recently. I bought some of that. So you can actually get some proper peanut butter that's dog safe and put that on there. And that would probably encourage them to chew that and not their covers. Good stuff. There you go, Shirley. I hope that helps. So we've got time very helps, yeah. quickly if we, we can quickly squeeze you in. Kevin, morning to you. Always. Morning. Yeah, I was the one who texted about the dog peeing. Oh, right, yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah he, he only does it when we come home, when, or no matter what family member comes home, or, or when he sees the vet, he uh, seems to love everybody, and he just yeah, he just decides to pee yeah. every time you know, he gets excited when he sees people. Yeah, so quite often when we come home and we see a dog, the first thing we do is we grab our hands and just grab a dog and stroke them and, and pet them, yeah? Um, and that can be quite intimidating for some dogs, especially if we're quite tall. So what I would do is I'd recommend that when you come home, don't ignore the dog, just sort of say, oh, how you doing, mate? And then just walk past him, go and put the kettle on, do something, and then call him over, but come down to their level. You'll probably find that will just go away. It's that whole, I'm really, I'm kind of like waiting, where have you been? I'm really, I've been really scared all day. Where have you been? And now you're here and boof, it happens. So yeah, just walk straight past them, but just acknowledge them at least, because otherwise it's a bit rough, isn't it? And then go and do your own thing and then come back and call the dog over and just see if that changes because it's just take the excitement away from the meat. Hope that helps you out, Kevin. Uh, hey, Darren, yeah. we have, we've talked yep. for over our time limit because so many good questions <gasps> and so much good advice Gosh. as per usual. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Now, if people want to get a hold of you, best to go to their, their your website, mindfulnessfordogs.com. Yeah, so you can, yeah, yeah sorry, or, or you can find me on Facebook the same or, or Instagram even. Excellent stuff. We'll have an absolutely fantastic Sunday. Um, always a pleasure chatting. Darren Robe, Dog Behaviourist, Mindfulness for Dogs. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. 
To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.